0: I mean, there's so much dysfunction in D.C. I don't know how anyone's supposed to have confidence in them when that's how they handle what they're responsible for.
1: I'm really interested to see if, if we can actually see a spike caused by credit card debt due to these huge payments that people have.
0: I would not be surprised at all if October-ish, November, is the point in time you look back and say, when, what, when did the consumer start taking a hit? Welcome to the Market Moment. This is Matt here with Lee, Eli, Men. What's happening? Nothing. It's good. Not everybody at once. Please.
1: <laughs> good? Things are going great. They're they're going really well. Wow.
0: Why so well? <laughs> Mr. Optimism. Yeah.
1: We had family in town this last weekend. Yeah. It was fun. Uh, getting ready for half marathon coming up here in a, yes, in we a couple are. weeks. Yes, we are. So lots of fun stuff happening.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're getting ready for a half marathon hey you've a got marathon. a 10k coming up yeah not a half marathon um yeah it's been a good week we uh it was a good weekend um everybody's healthy everybody's healthy at our house yeah two weekends ago it was pretty rough but what a difference a week makes this yeah for sure um but yeah it was i'm trying to think what we even did we just we did just book for fall break. Bennett's been begging to go to Crater of Diamonds. Yeah. And so we're going down Saturday and staying the night in Hot Springs. And mm. Bennett Bennett looked at me. He said, Dad, what will happen if I find a diamond this big? And I'm like, son, we'll...
2: My, your dad will retire. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: I'll give you a giant hug. Yes. And then we'll cash out. <laughs> yeah. um, so that'll be kind of cool. You know, I think
2: that should be on the bucket list for every Arkansan. You know, my parents took me and my siblings down there when we were, you know, about Bennett's age. Yeah. And it's, my parents took us down in the middle of July. Um, <laughs> but it's, um, it's fun. You know, that's we called child labor. It, it is. We we didn't find anything, but you know, every year somebody does. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's fun. You'll it enjoy it. Good time. Have you ever, you've never been
0: probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, we're looking forward to that. So looking at the market last week. As can we, in,
2: can we skip this part? We, yeah. yeah, yeah. It wasn't no, much. No, to, no.
0: Our weeks were good.
2: Yeah,
0: S and P down 0. 0.7. Nasdaq was up 0.1. Dow was down 1.3. You know, this morning the 10-year hit a new high. Mm-hmm. Markets reacting as you would expect, and and doesn't like that. The futures were down this morning. Markets in the um into the open, you negative know, negative across the board. So you know, the
2: 10-year. Hit the highest level in since 16 like, years? 16, yeah, I think. it's 2008.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's, uh, I've, like I've been saying for a little while, there's more headwinds than tailwinds, is the way I've kind of been explaining it. Not, not that that tells you a whole lot, but there just still feels like there's a lot kind of in front of us that we need to work through yeah. before we can just
2: look up and it's like blue skies ahead. You know, I think, you know, I, th- I think the 10 year is near its peak. Um, you know, I think sometime here in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter, You know, I don't. You know, there's some speculation that the ten-year hits five. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I don't know if we'll see it, but um, I mean, Jamie Jamie Diamond was talking about not specifically
0: the ten-year, but he was like, you know, he's like, don't be surprised to see seven percent rates. I don't know specifically. I didn't read the. I just saw the headline, but I don't know what specific rate he was talking to. But um, (laughs) anyways, I mean, he was obviously referring to rates going higher. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I think that. You know, throughout this quarter we'll continue to see it. Uh, but I do think we're closer to the top than could we were.
1: Could the tenure being higher or should the tenure being higher be a be good news for investors?
0: Um what do you mean for investors? Like for the market as a whole, I think it puts pressure on the market. Mm-hmm. For a saver who's, you know, yield starved for yield and has been for fifteen years. Mm-hmm. I mean it's I think it's a positive. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. I mean, there's two sides of the coin. You have like the consumer, you have the person trying to spend and borrow and, you know, and then you have the saver who's, you know, trying to make money on their cash. And so it's not that it's a a across the board negative for everybody, Mm -hmm. but I think generally speaking, you know, economically, like it puts pressure on things. It's going to put pressure on home prices and it's going to put pressure on, you know, buying a vehicle. And it's, you know, so I think, I think it puts it's harder for more
2: people than it is good. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Yeah, in terms of just the majority. I mean, for risk on investments, it is not good. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, because now, you know, your your investors can go out and get four and a half percent risk free, and um, and a lot of people are doing it. Hence, why the yield is hitting a sixteen year high.
0: Well, anytime you're investing in the market, you're looking at like what's your risk adjusted, what's your expected risk adjusted return, and like what do you so if you if you're expecting a, you know, seven percent by taking full equity risk mm-hmm. in something, but you could get five or five and a half, to with little to no risk, yeah. you you absolutely start asking the question, well, do I want to take the risk to get that <coughs> one or two percent, mm-hmm. you know, correct difference, and that that question hasn't been there for 15 years there was no other option
2: other than right. to invest in equities because it was the only place you were going to get returned. Um, so. and, th- and I think, you know, not to belabor this point, but one of the things that I'm hearing is that this will continue into probably the middle part of next year before rates really begin to, to come down. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, So government avoids a shutdown. This was kind of the hot topic for a while. Um, Typical government fashion, they threw a Band-Aid on it for 45 days. But Congress just barely avoided a shutdown over the weekend as it's passed a temporary spending bill. The bill only funds the government through November 17th. Um, So what happens if the government shuts down? According to RBC Capital Markets, over the last seven shutdowns that lasted at least 10 days, median S&P decline... Leading up to the shutdown was 10%. The median drop during the shutdown was 2 In the 12 months following the shutdown, the S&P gained a median of 18%. So, obviously, the market doesn't like uncertainty. We've talked about that before. There's really no disputing that. And I think a government shutdown just adds to the level of uncertainty, in the short term at least, of what things could look like. And, you know, the question of, well, how long will this go on and how bad will things get and how many federal workers will be out of a job for a period of time. And so... I'm glad they threw a bandaid on it. I wish they would have figured out a longer term deal, but mm-hmm. um, let's, you know, let's hope they do by November 17th. Any thoughts on this?
1: It's just another standard. Yeah. It seems
0: like we've talked <clears throat> about this consistently.
2: You know, this was a little bit different than the one a few months ago. Yeah. This was a partial right. Government shutdown. Um, social security <laughs> payments would still be paid and other, you know, governmental benefits, but I mean, there's so much dysfunction in D.C., and it was on full display over the weekend. Mm-hmm. and So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, they'll get it done one way or the other. This is
0: just uh, – it's not a sustainable system or process for how they do this, funding the government for a short period of time, and then we come up to a new, and they wait till the last – it's just, you know, I don't know how anyone's supposed to have or, or the government and people in Congress expect people to have confidence – and then when that's how they handle their you know mm-hmm. what they're responsible for um but yeah i don't know everyone just has their own agenda items and Correct. what they want to mm-hmm. do and they're they're willing to you know stop everything else and not look at the bigger picture to try to get that done
2: but but your point at the very beginning is is 100% accurate it just adds to the uncertainty mm-hmm. and and the markets do not like uncertainty
0: well and i watch you know gates is trying to kick out McCarthy right yeah. now, right? <laughs> so you've got all this drama. And I was watching one of his interviews um, or comments he made, maybe it was last night or the night before. And I do uh, – not that I'm a huge fan of Gates by any stretch, but he I did think he made a good point He uh, in that he was like, people are tired of everyone throwing in all of these different measures being funded into one thing, right? Like Ukraine funding and all these things that have nothing to do with each other and just throwing it into – a bill or a budget and then passing it and then when all the details come out it's like well there's all this junk that was in there that just got crammed in at the Mm. last second and I've I've said that for a long time as many people have like it would be nice if we could pass specific bills that were very like concentrated on what the actual issue is Um, I don't know how you get that under control but I think that would be a step in the right direction. Yeah. So, um, one thing we've been talking about for a while now that we've really kind of had our eye in that mm-hmm. uh, on um, that we think could be a, a, an impact to a lot of people is the student loan repayments resuming or starting back up. So another potential shock to the economy as these start back up for the first time since the start of the pandemic. Some data points on this: as many forty mil, as many as forty million Americans will have a monthly payment. Average bill is three fifty a month. With at least 10% of borrowers with a payment over $700 Ooh. a month, recent survey of 600 consumers with student loan debt found that about 70% plan to postpone big-ticket purchases starting this month. And then more than half of borrowers are now ha- are now holding higher monthly debt-related expenses than they did before the pause in March of 2020. So, like we've been talking about for a few months, like this is a this is a big deal, and mm-hmm. I, I would not be surprised at all if October ish November, is the point in time you look back and say, Hey, when did the consumer really start showing? Um, b- you know, when w- when did the consumer start taking a hit? And like, because mm-hmm. everybody's been talking about how well the consumers held up and how well spending is, um, held up. And I th- I think this could be one of those points where you start to see that tip over and go the yeah. other direction.
1: Like I've said in in previous podcasts, the the statistic that I'm watching is credit card debt, and we're currently already at. Basically, record levels of credit card debt. I'm really interested to see if if we can actually see a spike in credit card debt with something like this passing, because this is a big enough event that you you could see something like a spike caused by credit card debt due to these huge payments that people have.
2: You know, one thing I, I found interesting that, um, you know, once I guess back in July is when everybody knew this was going to begin, the the federal Reserve, the Treasury, um, saw an increase in their balances from student loan repayments already beginning. Um, So I found that, I mean, like to the tune of billions of dollars. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I wonder just how many people went ahead and got started, Mm -hmm. you know, August, September. Mm -hmm. Um, So we'll see. I mean, it will have an impact, how much of a negative Mm -hmm. impact. I, I know several people,
1: clients that just took lump sums, and they had it sitting there in case that the the interest started, but they, were, they weren't gonna pay off the debt until they knew interest was gonna start. Yeah. But now that they know interest is gonna start, they just took that cash, and they went and paid off all the
2: debt. You know, we I, over the past several years, I had several clients whose kids began school, college, and I encouraged them, you know, I didn't agree with student loan rep or the forgiveness, but it was kind of like, you know, play the game. And mm-hmm. so we had clients, take out loans for their kids with the intent of, you know, I'll write a check and pay it off if interest ever has to accrue. So, um, you know, Biden is still trying to <clears throat> get through, <clears throat> excuse me, um, still trying to get through some, you know, student loan forgiveness for select, you know, people. So we'll see how all that plays mm-hmm. out. But anyway, it starts this month. Interesting.
0: Yeah. yeah it, it'll definitely be a topic that we look at, Um over the coming months to see how people are holding up so what something we haven't talked about in a while crypto i think thank goodness we it still exists yeah so crypto a new documentary on cnbc is shedding new light into the aftermath of the ftx collapse i think i was just looking at this sam bankman freed his it, trial just started yeah starts today, today. Mm-hmm. so that this is cnbc i'm looking at right now that is the eight billion sam bankman freed criminal trial starts today <laughs> so, anyways, um, CNBC interviewed several FTX customers. One app developer says he lost two million in the collapse, but the mistake itself, um, but that the mistake itself was not Bitcoin or crypto, and says he remains bullish on Bitcoin. Another says he's not only lost hundreds of thousands of dollars on the exchange, but he had just recently lost his job. Says he'll likely have to file for bankruptcy, but still encourages people to invest in crypto. So the moral of the story here is. If you're bullish on crypto, like a lot of those people, like before all of this happened, this what this article was saying was a lot of those same people are still bullish. Um, I was listening to a podcast on the way in this morning, and they were talking about NFTs. Mm-hmm. Not that NFTs and crypto is one and the same, but it was all kind of when when crypto was blowing up, mm-hmm. NFTs were blowing up, and you know they were talking about how the NFT markets just kind of dropped off a cliff, and you know is is that mania has kind of worked its way through the system, but they were reminiscing on some things that were happening just a year or two ago and how like there was this NFT of this ETH rock, Ethereum rock or something mm. that they're explained that sold for $2.2 <laughs> $2 million. And they're just this stuff. And I was like, when we we're in the middle of it, it sounded crazy. Now that we're kind of on the back end of some of this, looking back, it's like, that was freaking insane. I think yeah. I think
1: we may be able to mark the market high with the most expensive NFT that was sold. Yeah. There was it was like right around December of 21 that I think it was like Bumble or Rumble or Tumble that sold like a $63 million NFT. Yeah, I thought it was and it was like right million. when the market started going down.
2: <laughs> you know, Lee's always been a he's been bullish on NFTs. <laughs> you know, you know, I, I knew that the world had gone mad. I had a young couple, and I mean young, early 20s, married, couple kids. They came to me and they they said they had a little money to invest. You know, I, I, I talked to them on the phone and turns out they had invested $500 in crypto. I don't know which one. And they had $95,000. Yeah. And, you know, they had... Drunk the Kool-Aid and didn't want to sell, and, you know, and, and I think it actually hit into the mid-100s, and then it came crashing down. But, you know, it just—the world had gone crazy then. And um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's—a so. lot of people—well, I won't say a lot
0: of people, but there were, there were a fair number of people that made a boatload of money. Sure. A boatload of money. But there were a lot more people that lost a lot of money or made it, didn't get out at the right time
2: and it all came back. And so they didn't make anything. And, you know, and I think the people that are, that are bullish on crypto, I mean, I, you know, I think crypto's here for a while. Sure. I mean, probably forever. Um, It's unregulated, you know, and so until it gets regulated, I think there's, there's going to continue to be the speculative nature to it. Um, But um, I, I think it's, and I think, even, I think even
0: NFTs, not necessarily in that same exact structure, but in terms of um, in this podcast to give not just want to give credit to them because this is kind of where I'm getting this from. But, um, you know, the, the idea of like digital ownership. Yeah, I think is here to I mean, that that will exist sure. in some mm-hmm. form. And I think there'll be things that it makes very convenient. Right. And it, it's it's a, a big positive. But to say that you can go in and just create this picture online in seconds, and then sell it for some massive amount of money. And the buyer expects that price to just continue to go up. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's that's not sustainable. That's not gonna.
1: So so we have a new market indicator that's all based around NFTs that I've just developed while we're talking on this podcast. Ton of research went into this. (laughs) Lots of research. So December, 2021, the most expensive NFT was sold. It was called The Merge. It was $91.8 million, and that was in December of 2021, right, right before the market started going down.
0: And up. in January of 22. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so whenever that record gets beat, I'm going to cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so anyways, there, there, are, there were many, many lessons and things that history books will point back to during the COVID pandemic. And the last few years that, um, you know, will stand out, and I think, history from an investing standpoint and lessons learned and mm-hmm. what to do and what not to do. And um, So, anyways, as rates rates continue to climb, we'll see how the market reacts. Like we said earlier, market's not loving it today. So, all the major indexes are still down. Um, but hopefully we're towards the peak on rates. And we'll see. Any parting thoughts or final words? I don't know.
2: <clears throat> How do you think the fourth quarter ends up for the <clears throat> man? What is Let's do S and P.
0: So S and P's right now forty two seventy. We'll call it forty two seventy eight. Over S- or under S and P price target for December thirty first the close. I'll say four thousand five hundred. There we go. Four thousand five hundred. Mm-hmm. So what would that be? Like five percent, four percent higher. Yeah. I have us at three thousand nine hundred. I'm gonna say seventeen hundred. I'm kidding. 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 So we're at forty-two seventy. I'm gonna say we're at
2: forty-three hundred. Okay. Going out on a limb, are you? No, I I I think that where I'm where I'm going with that is I think the Fed's done. I think the Fed, and I think that the markets will get a boost by that going into year. So we're at
0: thirty-eight. We're at like just over thirty-eight hundred to start the year. Okay. So we're up 400 points, 10%. um yeah, 11% for the year. So, yeah, I would say it's flat in the year. Okay. Um from from here. Well, yeah, we'll timestamp okay. this and go back and look right. at January
2: 1st. We'll <laughs> 4500 3900 uh-huh. 4, 43. Okay. Yeah.
1: I
0: think each one of my predictions on this podcast has been wrong. Yeah. This is not investment advice. Please do not. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Yeah. All right. Well, as always, we appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. We want to end with a thought of the day. Um, but before I do that, I just remembered. be sure to go like and subscribe to the data brief we send out every week, the podcast. We appreciate you guys listening and watching and would really appreciate likes and subscriptions and just sharing with your friends and family if you enjoy um, checking it out. And also be sure to go check out David's book, Mission-Focused, Purpose-Driven. You can mm-hmm. buy it on Amazon. Um, we're going to be doing some different things with that. And I and know Lee did an interview with David um, maybe a month or so ago. So go back and check out that podcast. And so just trying to put out a lot of content and getting better at that, trying to get better at that. Um, so we appreciate the feedback um, as always. And we want to end with a thought of the day. This one's from John Acuff. So he's writ- written several, quite a few good books. He said, don't compare your beginning to someone else's middle. I like that. I think it's a good one. So hope you guys have a great week. We appreciate you uh, joining us on the podcast, and we'll see you next week.
3: Reminder that the hosts of the show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and nothing said in the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed. Mach One Financial Group, LLC, Mach One, is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Rogers, Arkansas. Mach One may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Third-party ratings and recognitions are no guarantee of future investment success and do not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a higher level of performance or results. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client, nor are they representative of any one client's value. All investment strategies have the potential for profit and loss, including the loss of principal. Actual account results may have been higher or lower than the results mentioned, depending on an individual's investment timing, cash movement, size of the account, and client restriction. Past performance is not indicative of future results. For full disclosures, please see mock-onefinancial.com slash disclosures.